Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast. I am Keith Caulfield, Associate Director of Charts at Billboard, based in Los Angeles. And on the other line in New York is the other Associate Director of Charts, Gary Trust. Hello, Gary. Hello, Keith. How are you doing this fine, chart-tastic morning? This is, this is like our big day. Like, we're not... Like we're not sports jocks, so I always feel like you know, like Wednesday for us when we do charts must be when like football players have the big game on Sunday. This is like our version of of, of the big day of the week, right? Yeah, yeah. We're for for those listening, we're actually recording this on Wednesday, and Wednesday is the the big day where we have you know the the most sort of chart action in the charts department here at Billboard. And uh, when we actually record this, we're in the middle of processing all of our charts, so. We've actually stepped away from our computers, torn ourselves away for a moment so we can do the podcast. Um, and as you may have figured out by now, there's a voice that you're not hearing this week. Jason Lipschitz is uh, on vacation. Uh, normally, our, our fine pop shop provocateur is leading us uh, each week on the pop shop podcast, but he's not here this week. He's taking a week off. And so Gary and I are going to try to fill in as best as we can uh, without J-Dog, as I affectionately refer to him. And uh, so you're going to be you're going to be Jason and I'm going to be you. Is that how it works? Yes, sort of. All right. Um, Except I will be doing all of this without any sort of sports references because I would be (laughs) you can you can pick up the sports references if you'd like. Um, No, I think that was good. I think that was enough. Yeah, I I got nothing. Uh, He likes basketball. And I think there's a ball with a basket involving this anyway. (laughs) Um, So, yeah. But no, we have a really uh, jam packed show this week and it's going to be nothing but charts nothing but net yeah. nothing but charts uh, because if you love charts this is the week for you because you have the two biggest chart geeks here at billboard on the podcast and i'm sure the rest of the charts department would probably have an argument about who is the bigger chart geek and they would probably say it's not even either one of us it's probably them so this we're week all, we're all we're all proud proud chart geeks. Yes, we're very good. proud. It's a very proud uh, elite group of people, <laughs> sort of. Um, anyway, well, everyone everyone who well everyone who loves charts, like everyone, it, it's such a, a term of endearment. Like for chart fans around the world, I think everyone is is, is a proud chart geek. I think it's a fun a fun thing to be able to you know follow music and 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 just the the stats of the charts so closely. So there's it's it's all good. It's all absolutely. Fun um, so speaking of that, let's let's talk about what's going to be going on this week on the show. Um, we have, boy, what do we have? We've got a new number one album on the Billboard 200 chart. We have a number of notable women uh, coming back to the Billboard Hot 100 with new singles. Uh, Aretha Franklin 
The Queen of Soul hits a major chart milestone this week, and we answer your Twitter questions, plus the chart stat of the week, and I will not tell you who it's about this week. You'll have to stay tuned. That's not because I haven't figured it out yet. I really do know what it's about, but I want you to stay through the end because if you like yourself a diva, you may enjoy the chart stat of the week this week. Um, So first off, let's talk about the Billboard 200 chart where Blake Shelton gets his second number one album um, with Bringing Back the Sunshine. It's his uh, second number one album, his first since Red River Blue hit number one back in 2011. And actually his last album missed the top but it actually had his best sales week so let's talk about the sales for a second his new album starts with a hundred thousand copies sold in the week ending october 5th according to nielsen soundscan comparably his last album based on a true story started with 199,000, which was his best sales week ever so this is obviously a step down to a certain degree but as we always talk about on the show with the way album sales are lately Selling 100,000 really isn't too shabby, so go Blake Shelton. Um, This is actually the third number one country album this year on the Billboard 200 chart. We've had sort of a, uh, a, a, it's it's been rare for country albums to top the chart this year. Previously, we saw Eric Church's The Outsiders hit number one, and uh, Miranda Lambert, uh, the wife of Blake Shelton, uh, keeping it a family affair, had a number one earlier this year with Platinum. Um, And next week, we could see another number one album from a country artist on top of the Billboard 200. It looks like Jason Aldean's new album could be headed for number one. I don't have a sales forecast yet. It's a little bit too early, but stay tuned to Billboard.com for all the sales forecasts, goodies on Jason Aldean. Um, Speaking of platinum, as I segue so nicely... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> very, very good. Thanks. Thanks, Gary. Um, uh, Adele's 21 album. You may have heard of it. Uh, you may actually own it. You may own two copies of it. Uh, the The album that won a million Grammy Awards spawned numerous hits like Rolling in the Deep and some uh, Someone Like You. This week, it reaches 11 million in SoundScan sales in the United States, which is an incredible feat. Um Gary, do you know how many albums have actually sold 11 million copies in the United States since SoundScan started tracking sales in 1991? What's interesting is the timing, because I'm assuming before then it was a lot more back in the 80s when you had all the the super albums by Michael Jackson and Bruce Springsteen. So I'm, can I say not that many, or do you need a better guess than that? Um, well, not that many is not a very specific chart answer, Gary. <laughs> I would expect better from you. Um, I, I would. Ye, Eleven. Oh, geez. Um, it's, it's okay. I, I would, G- Gary's kind of playing along because he could look in his notes and he would see how many there are, but he's being good and not checking what I wrote earlier. So, uh, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking off the top. You know my what hand. I'm thinking, Keith? Is that it? No, you know what I'm thinking is it probably hasn't happened as much like for a long time i would think after like the late 90s early 2000s when it was what in sync and backstreet boys it was more common but uh, i'm assuming like in the last decade or so it, it's it's really rare for this to happen yeah i mean it, so in total since soundscan started tracking sales back in 1991 there have only been 12 albums to sell 11 million copies um so, I mean, to sell, look, these days, to sell a million copies is really, really hard. Um, this right. year, the only album to sell more than a million is Frozen. Um, so to sell, you know, 
2 million, 5, 10, 11 is kind of crazy. So yeah, anyway, Adele's 21 uh, surpasses 11 million in sales this week. It's the 12th album to do so since SoundScan started tracking sales. And the first to hit 11 million since March of 2012 when a much older album reached 11 million in the SoundScan era. And it's a little bit tricky because that album was Bob Marley's Legend, which actually came out in 1984, but sold really well uh, since 1991. I mean, it, it sold okay in the 80s, but it really made a comeback in the 90s and the 2000s. And so it's you know one of the oldest albums to sell, that, that continually sell well. Speaking of, of leading ladies and divas and, and uh, big, powerful women like Adele, we're going to move on to the Hot 100 this week, the Billboard Hot 100. And this is all about Gary. This is Gary's time to shine. Uh, where Megan Trainer is still number one with All About That Bass. Still number one. Obviously, it's an exciting thing to be number one. But, you know, sometimes it's nice to have a new number one. But this week, she's holding on firm at number one. Gary, talk about the Hot 100 this week. What's going on? Yeah, I mean, what's what's great about this and what's so interesting about it this week is it's it's not just Megan Trainer is number one, but for a fifth straight week, it's nothing but women in the entire top five of the Hot 100. So Megan's uh, All About That Bass is number one. Taylor Swift, The Shake It Off is number two. Uh, it's for a fifth week after it spent its first two weeks at number one. Uh, Iggy Azalea's Black Widow featuring Rita Ora moves up to a new peak, 4-3. Uh, uh, it also takes over uh, number one on hot R&B hip-hop songs and rap songs. So Black Widow is uh, completely uh, followed up uh, fancy as being a great follow-up for, for Iggy. Uh, where were we? Number four, uh, Jesse J, Ariana Grande, and Nicki Minaj, Bang Bang. And number five is Nicki again with Anaconda. So uh, women entirely in the top five, and that's five straight weeks. And Keith, is that a record in the Hot 100's entire 56-year history of five straight weeks with only women in the top five? Is that a record, Gary? Is this the first time that we've had all women in the top five for five consecutive weeks? It is. Funny you should ask, Keith. (gasps) Thank you. Thank you for the prompt. uh, Yeah, that worked out great. Um, Yeah, five straight weeks. It passes the record of four back in 1999. And if you look at the entire history, we're talking 56 years of the Hot 100. There's been just 11 weeks in the entire – in those five and a half decades where the top five has been only women, no no men, no men in featured roles, no, no men in groups. We're talking just solo women. And five of those have been the last five weeks and four of those were in 1999 in a row. So it's, it's really just these two eras of uh, early 1999 and now the last uh, five weeks where it's been all women – in the top five, and and it's funny to look back at, at that 1999 group because it's it's some really big names. There was, uh, Britney Spears was having her first hit with "Baby One More Time" back then. Uh, Whitney Houston was uh, having "Heartbreak Hotel," which also had Faith Evans and Kelly Price. And I think that's interesting too because now there's uh, another uh, triple diva song with uh, Jesse J, Ariana Grande, and Nicki Minaj. So back then. Uh, there was that version of it with Heartbreak Hotel. Uh, Sarah McLaughlin had her big hit with Angel. Uh, Deborah Cox had Nobody's Supposed to Be Here. And uh, somehow I'm forgetting Shares Believe. But that was... How could really, you forget you look back, How could you forget I, 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 I didn't. I squeezed, I, I squeezed her in. But that, I mean, that's, that's a pretty impressive top five. Fifteen years later, you look back and it's, it's actually easy to see how those songs uh, held the top five for so long. They were, they're, they're classic songs that still, still last uh, 15 years later. Is there something about like sort of women on top forty radio right now, or just is is it is it just a 
just a fluke where, you know, it happens to be the right time, right place, or is there just sort of a more fertile grounds for, for women on in, on the pop landscape right now? The first thing when you look at, at a stat like this of when uh, people are just, uh, you know, in a certain group of positions on a chart, it, it, it could be timing because for four straight weeks, Sam Smith was number six with Stay With Me. So if it had had, you know, a few more downloads, a little more airplay, a little bit more streaming, we wouldn't be talking about this. Uh, it, you know, it'd still be interesting, but we wouldn't have the, the cool top five angle stuff. That. So, you know, timing is kind of always a part of, of, of a lot of chart statistics like this. But I, I do think it's more than that. I think, um, first off, it's just where the songs are coming from right now. Just these all-out uh, multi-format hits are, are coming from women. So I, I think women artists are, are just completely delivering right now. I think men are kind of in a lull. And, and I'm not saying that to say that if... Uh, if Pharrell or, or Justin Timberlake or Bruno Mars had a, a current big hit that, uh, you know, women wouldn't be one through five. We don't know. But I, I think it's part of it that they're sort of uh, in a slight uh, off cycle right now between albums and between singles. Um, you know, the other part, I think someone like uh, Maroon 5, where, you know, some people might consider Adam Levine as maybe the biggest male artist right now, but right. he's in a group. So technically that, that counts for a group. So I, I, I think if you Put that all together. It's um, it, it it shows why it's happening. I I think also the videos of some of these songs and and just the the self image aspect. Uh, all about that bass is is a positive body image song. I in its own different more more playful way. So is Anaconda by Nicki Minaj. So there's there's sort of this girl power angle to to some of these songs as well, and it, it just it ties in really well to how they're dominating on the charts. So. Yeah, I think it's a combination of, of I don't want to say luck, a little bit of timing, but uh, women are just crushing men right now at pop music. It's it, it's it's sort of become their format. I you know I think in some ways country has become men's format. Rock is pretty much always men's format. I think maybe maybe in the video era where streaming is is so big now, and I, I don't know. Do you do you think Keith that maybe? Pop music is going to continue to become more of a women's format if men kind of gravitate towards rock and country. Maybe women's place in, in pop culture music-wise becomes of pop music? Uh, I is think that too overreaching? I, I, th- I, think it's, I think it's a fluke. I think it's just a time yeah. and a place where we just happen to be, you know, Megan Trainer happens to have the right hit. You know, Nicki Minaj is having the right look with Anaconda, and I'm not quite sure what you mean by body image with Anaconda because the song is all about how she wants an Anaconda, and we know what she's talking about when she says Anaconda. Um, she's very, she's very proud of her body. And, in the in that video, video, she's not, yes, she's not the, shy. In the video, she's very, she's very proud of her her bootyliciousness, but the song itself is is not necessarily about that. Um, I think it's just a timing. It's just a timing thing. And, you know, you know, in the next week or two, we could see Maroon 5, who who has a big jump this week, Maroon 5. Where do they go on the chart? Like 20 to 8 or something crazy? They go 33 to 8 this week after the video, which yeah. uh, is, is gory. But, uh, yeah, go, you know, go, it's a catchy song. It's, the gory <laughs> debut of Animals, by the way, we're talking about, goes 30 to 8 on the Billboard Hot 100. Yeah, the video came out last week. It's it's Adam Levine and his new wife, uh they're having a good time, but they're they're soaked in blood throughout the video, and I know it's caused from some controversy with uh, some rights groups who uh, animal rights groups, right? For for tying that together, is that is that correct? Keith? I, I I think there's there's just human rights groups that are upset at the video at this yeah. point. Um, is it and how much of the move up the chart is owed to the video and streaming of the video and, and streaming of the song? Is a huge chunk of its points this week on the Hot 100 coming from streams? 
Do you know off the top yeah, of your head? Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's streaming in sales. It goes into the top 10 of both the streaming songs mm-hmm. chart and the, and the digital songs chart, uh, but also debuts on the radio songs chart. So, uh, you know, Route 5 is about as safe as you get right now when you're trying to have a pop radio hit. They're just on, on such a streak. And what's interesting, too, this is their 10th uh, Hot 100 Top 10, and seven of them have been since just 2011. They had their first three... They had the first two back in 2004 when they started. Then uh, in 2007, they had Makes Me Wonder. And then they had a little bit of a break. And, you know, they weren't quite top of mind. It was really when uh, Adam Levine uh, went on to The Voice and they did moves like Jagger. They've just been on like a total career high since then. And you were talking about Blake Shelton earlier, too. I, I, his uh, being on The Voice with Adam, their their whole bromance uh, together, it, it's unbelievably helped both acts' careers yeah. uh, since that show has started. Yeah, I mean, ever since Blake and Adam started on The Voice, their careers have really, you know, gone to new levels. However, the other folks on The Voice uh, that started at least on The Voice with Blake and Adam, uh, CeeLo and Christina Aguilera, not as much happy returns for them. Uh, so, you know, it doesn't work necessarily for everyone. You know, having a plum role on a you know talent show doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to have, you know, huge chart returns, but it really has done wonders for both Blake and Adam. Uh, We have to move on, though, because there's so much stuff on the Hot 100 this week. Uh, We have a big debut from Carrie Underwood, who's returning with a new single, Something in the Water, um, debuts. uh, Where does that debut on the Hot 100, Gary? That is number 24 on the Hot 100, and uh, it debuted last week on Hot Country Songs from, uh, from early airplay last week, but it goes... 48 to 2 on Hot Country Songs this week. Wow. Um, so it, yeah. is this, I, I, I don't know if you know this off the top of your head, is this her highest debut on the Hot 100 so far? Um, you know, I didn't I didn't check that. Well, but I can the, look. The, you know, I have the power you, of a computer in front of me. I, I can while, look while, while you're doing that, Keith, the, uh, the, the, the music I'll play while, while you're doing that is uh, Carrie Underwood. It's her 20th Hot Country Songs top 10, and that's out of 20. Uh, promoted singles, official uh, singles for the country radio format. So she's 20 for 20 with this one. She's j- Ever since she won Idol and started with uh, Jesus Take the Wheel, she has never missed. And we're going just about on, on almost, what, nine or ten years at this point. I hear she's popular. I hear Karen Underwood is just, she might be popular with folks. Just, I'm just she's saying. Like the, she's like that Adele singer. They're both, you might have, <laughs> I think you may have heard, heard of, her. of both of them. She's, yeah. she's popular on this TV show called American Idol. Yeah. Um, it's not actually her highest debut on the Billboard Hot 100. Um, I kind of forgot that she debuted at number one with Inside Your Heaven. <sighs> Duh. Um, <laughs> number one's pretty good. Yeah, and I was no, you know, it's hard to yeah. it's hard to debut higher than number one. Um, and this is actually the first single. She's also had a couple other singles debut higher. So, but that was the most notable one, obviously. Um, this is the first single from an upcoming Greatest Hits album, which is coming out in December. Um, I think there's going to be at least one or two new songs on the album. I don't think they've actually announced the track list yet. Um, so that's coming. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I think Wade, Wade Jessen, who oversees our country charts, I think he uh, wrote this week that uh, the list hasn't been uh, released yet, but she's had 13 uh, number ones on the country airplay chart. So there shouldn't be a problem trying to fill up her first uh, Greatest Hits album, I would think. 
Well, it, it could almost be more of a problem of just trying to determine what gets left off the album at this point, because that's yeah, that's right. always the tough thing with with someone who hasn't put out a greatest hits album. You know, for people who actually still care about greatest hits albums, because you don't really see that many of them anymore. Um, you know, when you have so many hits like her, it's going to be you know what gets left out. You know, in the cold, uh, and you know there will always be fans saying, "Why did you leave this song out?" You know, God help us when Rihanna puts out a greatest hits album. That's going to be a nightmare. But it's. But it's probably different than it was like in the '80s and '90s when we were growing up buying albums. That's you know that product was was so important. Now, if if something isn't on a greatest hits, I mean, it's it's still on iTunes. So it's you're you're not completely ignoring something like you used to. It's just sort of the the sad fact of how albums aren't quite the be all and end all like they used to be in a digital era where songs are on iTunes. It's still nice to have a package, you know, the, the sort of is, have a, a book in to or at least a, a middle a middle in because Carrie's this is not the end of her career and. Uh, obviously, right. um, but it's a nice it's a nice way to encapsulate a career and and sort of you know I know they don't mean the same thing as they used to, but I think we just come from a generation that you know fondly remembers greatest hits albums. But anyway, well, you know what's great? No, you know what's uh, real, real quick, Keith. What's cool too is uh, look back when if you remember early on Idol when uh, Carrie auditioned, uh, she, uh, Simon Cowell one week said you're not only going to win, you're going to sell more albums than any American Idol winner ever, and I can give the SoundScan, uh, Nielsen SoundScan totals. Simon was correct. Uh, Carrie has sold 14.1 million albums in her career in the U.S., according to Nielsen SoundScan. And Kelly Clarkson is number two. She's close, but uh, 13.5 million. So 14.1 to 13.5 million. Carrie over Kelly so far. I'm I'm waiting for the Carrie and Kelly duets album because then, you know, yeah. that would sort of, sort, that would throw a wrench into our prognostications, I think, a little bit. <laughs> Um, that would sound good. They would sound great. We have to move on, though. Uh, we're going to move on to Lord, yet another leading lady. Debuts on the Billboard Hot 100 this week with her new song from the upcoming Hunger Games movie. It's called Yellow Flicker Beat. Debuts at number, I think it's 74 on the Hot 100 this week, which is sort of a low debut, but for the kind of song that it is, I think that's actually a pretty good debut. Um, it's her fifth single to chart on the Hot 100, following Royals, which hit number one, uh, Team, which was also a top ten hit, Tennis Court, and Glory and Gore. Um, I think this is one of, I think, multiple songs that she's done for the upcoming album, because I think she's she's recorded uh, a, a number of songs for the soundtrack, or she's heavily involved with the music in the movie. All this could be terribly wrong by the time the podcast actually launches, so hey, if I'm <laughs> wrong, please don't call me on it. Um, so that's a pretty significant debut, and it also debuts pretty high on the Alternative Songs chart. Um, as I quickly, quickly or not so quickly, pull up the chart. See, this is what usually happens when I'm talking to Jason, and I have to stall, and I'm I'm actually filling in space because I'm actually typing something. Oh, look, I just did it right there. It debuts at number 17 on the Alternative Songs chart, um, which is actually a pretty a pretty good debut, right? Because I mean, you you used to um, watch the well, you used to manage the Alternative Songs chart. You don't anymore, Gary, but. Um, that's I, I still keep an eye on it. You still keep an eye. Yeah, on it. It, it's it, 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 it's a it's a significant debut, as you said, number seventeen. Um, it's the highest debuting song on the alternative uh, airplay chart since nineteen ninety five, which was actually a year before uh, Lord was even born. That's how long ago it was. So no woman in her lifetime until this week had debuted at number seventeen or higher on alternative songs. Do you know Keith? who that last person was. Uh, this person also debuted at number 17 back in February, uh, March 1995. Okay, so just to be clear what the question is, this song debuts at number 17 on the Alternative Songs chart, and that is the highest debut for a woman on the Alternative chart 
since 1995 when another woman debuted at number 17 as well? Is that the question? That is a much better way to say what I probably just said, yes. No, I'm just I'm just repeating it for the people. Um, I'm going to yep, guess it. if it was 1995, it was probably Alanis Morissette. Mm, there's a little before Alanis started. No, she, really? Uh, uh, oh, a okay. A later in the year. Yeah, this is like old school uh, alternative. Uh, you said 1995. That isn't okay. I guess it's like two years before Alanis. Um, no, it was it was later that year, but it just months. You're off. You're right. Right year. I think Alanis was a little uh, bit more like late summer, early fall. Okay. Um, could is this a really okay? Now we're actually. This is like where I'm trying to stump Jason, and he's stuck. But I actually <laughs> want to keep guessing because I think I I could actually get this. Is this a still significant like huge artist today, or were, did they just have a, a brief shining moment there in 1995? Yeah. I, no. I I think this is more like when you hear the name, when you hear the song, it's like ooh, 90s alternative flashback. Uh, g- great artist just has not uh, had. Uh, uh, output of, of hit songs and uh, pretty much since well since just just for the sake of saving time because we could be here for the next 10 minutes who is it and what was the song <laughs> it is juliana hatfield universal heartbeat uh, i don't even think I, I know that song off the top of my head maybe if i heard it i would know oh. it yeah no, no you probably you probably know it it was it, you know back when when uh when women were big in alternative back there pj harvey was big back then suzanne vega even was was big at, at alternative in the early 90s so it it just you know as, as grunge really took over and, and alternative got a lot harder in the 90s women just uh, didn't fit with that sound so it, it, yeah it's really significant that lord is is having these big hits she had the first number one at alternative by a woman uh since 1996 last year with royals so she is just completely the exception at alternative radio and some uh, program directors have talked to at at Sirius XM and, and other alternative radio stations uh, they just think that she's just a, a real uh, breath of fresh air for the format and uh, you know it almost doesn't matter whether it's a woman or a group or, or whoever's singing these songs are just totally connecting with the audience and what a credit to Laura that she's really rewriting uh, the rules of alternative at this point after after about two decades absolutely absolutely um well we're 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 sipping through the hot 100 this week there's so many things that debut but the last thing that we want to talk about is someone that actually doesn't debut on the hot 100 um kind of surprisingly i suppose and and i don't want to dwell too long on this but fergie has a new single out called la love la la uh it doesn't make the hot 100 but it debuts at number 39 on the pop songs airplay chart also known as mainstream top 40 in the uh, magazine or if you're looking at billboard.biz that's what the chart's called there um is this surprising that the song didn't debut on the hot 100 or did it just not have enough time uh, in the week to chart gary but you know what's what why what happened here yeah, I mean, I, I know. I feel like we're trying to, to be as complimentary as we can. It, it did just miss the Hot 100. It was only okay. a few positions below. But, um, you know, it, it debuted with 25,000 in first week sales. It had a full week of, of sales to uh, to accumulate. And that places it at number 50 on the digital songs chart. And, yes, you would think that Fergie coming off uh, a, a long wait since her last album, uh, even Black Eyed Peas haven't been around for a bit. You, you'd think there'd be that much excitement. I mean, even when I tweeted out a, a couple weeks ago that the song was going to radio, it was like with a big response from just Fergie fans everywhere. I was really hmm. – you know, not really that surprised. I figured, right, you know, people people love divas. People love to talk about female artists who, who love pop music. And, yeah, it, it you know, it gets a, a – Debut in its first week on the radio chart, but it's it's all I think less than what people would have expected. 
I, I'm not completely sure why. I, I think the song is catchy. It, it, you know, some people might think it's a little too close to a little too derivative. Kind of the, the quirky, yeah, like the quirky pop rap that she she did uh, on the Duchess. Maybe they were looking for something a little bit different. I the other thing I almost hate to bring up too is uh, because all these women are still very young and 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 beautiful. Uh, but you know, J Lo had some trouble at top forty this year with her comeback uh, song. J Lo's had Mariah. a lot of trouble with with top forty. Yeah. In for like a long time, so maybe, so what you're saying is it could be an age thing as 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 they I'm get trying. a little bit older, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, top forty is is a format of people in their teens and twenties for the most part. So it's always cool when you see someone who's in uh, their thirties or into their forties uh, still having hits of the format. But I I think it's just such a youth driven format that it it may be a challenge. I'm I'm just I'm a little surprised. I would think Fergie coming back is is a big deal. Maybe maybe she's been away too long. Maybe a younger group of of top 40 listeners have come in and and maybe that uh, that time off hurt her a little bit. Well, well we we shall see how Fergie does and if she debuts the Hot 100 next week and uh, we'll keep an eye on it as Jason often says. Um, Unfortunately, we have to keep moving on because we are swiftly running out of time and God help me if I make this podcast longer than it is without Jason actually here (laughs) because he would kill me when he returns. Um, I briefly want to talk about Aretha Franklin, speaking of divas, talking about Fergie and and Lord, if you want to call her a diva. Um, Aretha Franklin debuts on the Hot R&B Hip Hop Songs chart this week with her cover, her her interpretation of Adele's Rolling in the Deep. Uh, she debuts at number 47 on the chart, and that is, believe it or not, her 100th chart hit on the Hot R&B Hip Hop Songs chart. Uh, she's the only woman to ever have 100 hits on the uh, Hot R&B Hip Hop Songs chart. It's a huge milestone. Uh, Gary, I know that you've done some research on this. Uh, what other acts have actually had more than 100 hits on the Hot R&B Hip Hop Songs chart, in addition to Aretha Franklin. Yeah, there's only three others, and uh, this chart goes back to 1958. So we're talking four artists total in in that span of time that's had 100 hits or more. Aretha joins uh, the club this week. Number one is Lil Wayne with 135. Uh, Jay-Z is number two with 127. And James Brown is third with 111. And I, I think what, like, completely jumps off the page when you see that obviously is Lil Wayne and Jay-Z have uh, gotten those totals with a lot of featured uh, uh, titles so you know there's nothing wrong with that it's just that I know a lot of chart fans point out uh, truthfully or right rightly so that it's you know there's a different um, element involved when you're featured with someone it's it, it's shared it's not quite your own composition so sure you know that's that's a part of it uh, still they've done it so congratulations to, to all four but it, it's it's also really impressive in its own way that James Brown and Aretha uh, have 111 and 100 total, uh, really from an era where artists uh, put out their own songs without other guests. But uh, right. you're talking about four, just the, the biggest acts encompassing uh, you know, 50 years of R&B history and just the evolution from James Brown and Aretha to, to Lil Wayne and, and Jay-Z. It's kind of a cool uh, snapshot of, of uh, where the genre has gone over, over, those, uh, over all those decades. In a normal week, you would have thought that that would have been our chart stat of the week. But oh, no. We've saved something else for the chart stat of the week. Um, but before we get to the chart stat, we're going to quickly answer some of your questions, your listener questions. We're taking requests, sort of. Um, we're going to briefly answer a couple questions. We don't want to dwell too much on these. So, Gary, brief brief answers, please. Um, yes. Brief answers. So here are some uh, questions that we got from some Twitter folks that uh, decided to ask the pop shop with the hashtag 
ask the pop shop. Funny how that works. And feel free to tweet us your questions. It doesn't have to be this week. If if you like a if you want us to answer a question next week, maybe we can do it then. Send us your tweets. Send us your questions. So the first one is from Connor Whittem at Connor Whittem. Uh, what have been the highest first week sales ever for an album? When was it released? And what was the album? Oh, well, that's actually a pretty easy one. Uh, Sync holds the record for the largest uh, uh, week for sales for an album. Uh, it's also the largest debut sales week when their album, No Strings Attached, came out back in 2000. It sold, get this, 2.4 million copies in its first week. Um, most albums would be very happy to even sell that many copies in their lifetime, as we talked about earlier. So there you go. There's your answer. The single biggest week for an album in the SoundScan era is InSync's No Strings Attached, selling 2.4 million copies in its first week. Uh, our next question is from Annette Tozzi. Yeah, sorry. Uh, my question is uh, about the Jonas Brothers' U.S. career sales. Um, and Nick Jonas is jealous is currently number 58 on the Billboard Hot 100. Well, uh, Two things. I think you, they're asking how much has the Jonas Brothers sold in the United States. That's easy. They have sold 4.5 million albums in the U.S. And then they're asking about Nick Jonas's Jealous single, which is his current single on the Billboard Hot 100. I don't think it's number 58, though, Gary. Has that song moved up the chart this week? Uh, yeah, it actually hits the top 40. It goes right to number 40 this week, so good for Nick. Wow. Is that, I, think, I think that might be his first um, That might be his first top 40 hit as a solo artist on the Hot 100. I think it is. Um, moving on, uh, Lovatic's record, I think this might be about Demi Lovato, I think, just from the Twitter handle. Uh, could you please give the total sales of Made in the USA and Neon Lights by Demi Lovato? Why, Gary, I think you have this answer ready. I, I do. It's actually, uh, she's, these aren't her biggest selling songs, but I, I will tell you, er, Neon Lights is her eighth biggest selling song. It sold 894,000 downloads, according to Nielsen SoundScan. Uh, Made in the USA is her 15th biggest selling song, 275,000. Keith, can you guess what her best selling download is? Ooh, um, it's, I think it's probably my favorite song by her, um, the name of which just fell out of my head. Um, uh, so it's clearly my favorite. Oh, God. It's, it's that huge, tell me, just tell me what it is. That, that, that song she does. Yeah, that one. That one. That, that G- one. Give, give your heart a break. Give is your heart a break. About? The one that was written yes. by the guy who wrote um, Open Your Heart. No. That song. Yes. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> that guy, you know, the one who did that That's song by that the, girl? The <sighs> song by the guy by that girl. Billy Steinberg, is that who you're thinking of? Yes, he he wrote Like a Virgin for Madonna, and he wrote uh, True Colors for Cyndi Lauper, right? Yeah. Yes. It, 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 Eternal Eternal Flame by the Bengals. Yes. I, 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 I'm, I'm so into writers. I always think that's cool that someone what, – what a great long career he's had as a writer, not to go totally off tangent, but he was having hits in you know 1984 with, with Like a Virgin and just a couple years ago with Give Your Heart a Break. That's just uh, – you know a good songwriter can write a good song in, in any era, so so good for him. But yeah, Give, Give Your Heart a Break is her top selling song, 2.1 million downloads for Demi. Um, and then the last question, uh, we're going to skip ahead if you're following me along here, Gary, on the list. We're actually skipping a question, so we'll answer that one at a later time. But uh, we're going to save the best for last. And there was a question that we had from uh, SIK3333. Uh, when was the last time a song occupied all 10 spots on the Hot 100? Uh, so all top 10 on the Hot 100 chart, meaning a song has been number one through 10 at some point. Um, and they mentioned that Counting Stars uh, by One Republic 
um, only missed the number one spot. I guess it was numbers two through 10 at some point. Uh, so Gary, I know that you've researched this. Uh, do you have an answer that you can share? I, I do, and, and how sad for, for Counting Stars. If you're going to miss one number, you hope it's not number one. But that's that's the one it did, but it was still a huge hit, so so we don't have to worry about it too much. But yeah, we, this is one of those fun, like total, we were talking about chart geek uh, stuff before. This is like just such fun to, to really analyze the charts and, and see, you know, if, if a song was at every position. And even at first I was thinking, you know, I'm not even sure how useful that kind of stat is. Uh, it's certainly interesting. And then I realized it... it it really is kind of useful because if you're going to hit all 10 positions, it probably means you were in the top 10 for a long time. So it really points to longevity. So I, I think uh, as much as a, as a, a kooky fun stat it is, it, it also does uh, point to uh, longevity uh, being so key on the Hot 100. So I look back, um, the way I researched it, the way we, we do a lot of our chart research, we have an in-house uh, chart research system with uh, so many of our charts. You can look up week-by-week uh, -week chart positions for every title. And I figured if we're going to find uh, every uh, position in the top 10, we should just research uh, number ones because uh, that's uh, the best place to start. So I just, I just went back. I just kept going back. And there were a bunch in the last few years that just missed by one position, like Blurred Lines was never at number three. Uh, TikTok, Kesha, going back to 2010, uh, was in every position but number seven. Uh, finally, I went back to late 2009, early 2010. And the answer is Jason Derulo's What You Say was in every uh, position of the top 10, uh, including number one for a week in November 2009. And just to keep the drama going all the way to the end, it, in its very last week in the top 10, its 18th week, which is a really good run in the top 10, uh, it finally got the number it needed, which was number eight. So <laughs> Jason Derulo, What You Say, is the last song to be in every top 10 position on the Hot 100. Wow. Um, now, so obviously we don't know how many songs in total have had every single position on the chart, but we do know that the last song to do so was Jason Derulo's What You Say, which is a pretty fun achievement. I, I always like talking about artists, like which artists have actually had a song at, at every position in the top 10? Like I think, I want to say like Madonna has had like a song peak at every single position in the top 10. That's always fun too, but we're yeah, now, we're, not, we're totally not, getting into the sticks here now on, on the I chart. Was, I was, I was, <laughs> No, I was going to say, Keith, someone has even brought that up. I, I do the, the Ask Billboard uh, mailbag. I, I'm, I'm not looking for a, for a plug on that, although you can email askbb at billboard.com. We answer questions there as well the, the, on billboard.com. You're not someone looking for has, a plug, but you just gave the plug, so <laughs> plug away. It's fine. I, didn't, I didn't want to say I was. But yeah, we, we've covered that, too. That's a fun thing. There were some great um, writers who follow the charts uh, you know, as closely, if not even more closely than we do, who come up with some of these stats and, and sometimes uh, trump us. And, uh, you know, the charts belong to everyone. So if, if anyone wants to come up with cool stats like that, they're always welcome. And if anyone wants to come up with the last time that uh, a song before Jason Derulo was numbers one through ten, we, we, we love finding that stuff out uh, just as chart fans around the world do. Well, uh, it, it is that time. It is that time where if I were Jason, I would be introducing Keith, me, to talk about the chart stat of the week. So, hey, Keith, here's your chart stat of the week. Do, 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 do. Okay, so this week in 1982, October 9th, 1982, the second most successful Jackson family sibling, Janet Jackson, made her debut on the Billboard charts with Young Love, uh, a single that debuted on October 9th, 1982 on the Hot R&B Hip Hop Songs chart. Uh, now, Janet wouldn't become a major star until the release of her 1986 album, Control, uh, and that album was her first number one album on the Billboard 200, and it was her first of so far six 
number one albums. Uh, Control also generated five top ten singles, you know, including songs like The Title Track and Nasty and What Have You Done For Me Lately and, and so on. Obviously, it's a great album, As and she was on a roll. She Then after that, she put out Rhythm Nation and the Janet album, and she was rather unstoppable for a very long time. And she continues to be unstoppable, I think, to most people. Um, in total, Janice actually earned 39 hits on the Billboard Hot 100, including 10 number ones. There you go. There is your chart stat of the week. This week in 1982, Janet Jackson made her debut on the Billboard charts. All right, Gary, uh, we are, well, as Jason might say, Swiftly running out of time. This might be a record longest podcast ever. Hopefully it isn't. Um, Gary, have you enjoyed yourself this week? I have. I was going to say that's what happens when you put two chart geeks together. We could just go on and on about all this. But this, this is really fun. Thank you for having me on, Keith. Well, thank you, Gary. And and I, I would also ask myself, do I have any parting words? And this is where I say, no, I don't have any parting words. But we'll be back next week when hopefully Jason will return fresh from his fabulous vacation. In the meantime, we are going to leave you with this great Janet Jackson nugget. It is Young Love, her very first hit back in 1982. See you next week. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.